The Money Show. Shapeshifters. Tonight's shapeshifter, Nick Johnson, Chief Executive at Johnson Workwear. When did it all start, Nick? Uh, hi, Bruce. Um, it's quite a long story, I suppose, but um, probably rather boring. Um, my, you know, my father had a, had a clothing factory um, in Durban, and, uh, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an old chestnut about the clothing industry in South Africa. They went through terrible times from, from the late 80s. And, um, you know, by the mid-90s, we were in terrible trouble, and um, uh, I took it over. And uh, we, we'd made a few overalls, I suppose, at that time, although most of our business was making ladies' dresses for the chain stores, um, you know, with a small clothing factory. And I had this, this thought that, that there was a way we, you know, we could build something special by making premium work clothing. So in 98, uh, I, I re- reorganized the business, which had been in terrible trouble before that. And... Um, and I renamed it Johnson Workwear, and uh, that's when the, this sort of story really started, I suppose. Um, and and when I when I called it Johnson Workwear, no one had really heard the, the name Workwear before um, in South Africa, and people thought that Workwear was was giving a labourer two cheap blue overalls. And and I had different ideas, and I, I thought that it was a way of of uplifting people actually in their workplace. Um, and I started making premium um, industrial clothing, I suppose, at that time, and then slowly developed it into other products. And, you know, it's been an incredible ride um, for the last 25 years. Um, you know, it's, it's just been, it's been remarkable. And uh, I'm going to make a confession. You know, and I'm going to, I, and I kind of, I, I looked at uh, the name Johnson Workwear, and my association is with overalls. My association is with you know those two-piece blue outfits, for example. Um, if you work in a in a in, in a mechanics shop, for example, you might be wearing a Johnson Workwear overall. If you work on a farm, you might have a Johnson Workwear overall. But uh, in my sort of uh, playing about on your website, there's an astonishing design element that you've introduced into workwear. Workwear isn't just the manual labor workwear. At all, not for a moment. No. Well, that's industrial clothing, isn't it? Um, you know, which, which we're good at, by the way. We, we make a lot of it, um, and, and we make premium industrial uh, workwear. But, but man, millions of people go to work every day wearing a huge range of, of, of different garments. And so, over the years, we've developed an incredible offering of fantastic product that that really um, uh, anyone can wear at any time. So, so you know, people go to work in all sorts of different things not just in industrial clothing. Um, so, so, you know, we, we, we have, you know, over a thousand different products which we sell and, and we, we, have, we have an amazing model where we, where we sell at stock. So, so we, we, we've developed our whole supply chain um, based on this where, where we manufacture everything ourselves um, and, and we replenish the stock all the time so that we can supply people instantly when they need it. So uh, we have different ways of getting to the consumer and some years ago, we started a retail um, uh, part of our business also because we felt that there was something lacking there. And that's been really successful. Um, uh, we have, I think, 22 stores now countrywide. And they're not you know, normal stores. They're big, they're, they're big stores with, with, with a huge amount of stock and, and, a, and an amazing offering where we customize product for you while you wait. And, 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 and you know, we can look after a, a tiny customer or a huge customer from there. They're more like showrooms, I suppose, um, where we do sell from as well. 
but, but we have many ways of getting to the to the user. Is everything um, made but, locally? I mean, so have you managed well, to well, resuscitate well, well, the clothing factory? Yeah. I mean, we, we have. It's all it's all made in, in, in Africa. Yeah, we, we we make everything ourselves. We um, uh, it's 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 vital. Since from the day I started, I've always believed we had to make everything because the, the only way to serve our customer was to was to build a manufacturing um, uh, process that was was really quick. So 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 we built our manufacturing to be able to to turn our, uh, our raw material into a finished garment really quickly. And, um, you know, look, frankly, we don't talk about this a great deal because it's a private company uh, and, and we don't need to, I, I, uh, uh, you know, I feel so slightly um, uh, showing off telling you these things because... Um, the, the, okay, uh, let's just get one thing clear uh, here. Nick, let's get one thing clear here. This is an opportunity to show off. Um, we want to be. We want to. We want to learn from your experience. And you're not showing off. You're educating. You're teaching. You're illuminating. You are. Uh, you are telling us what is possible because so many people are so fed up with the environment in which they live in. They're so fed up with the manufacturing sector. They're so fed up with Transnet and with ESCOM and everything that goes wrong in society. Frankly, anybody who has grasped the nettle over the last twenty-five years, the last fifteen of which have been blooming, you know pushing a, a, a mud sludgy ball up a up a slippery slope um it's you know we we need the we need to be motivated slightly so you may you yeah. know you may think it's showing off but what you're saying is hold on a second Look, we did it we focused in on the stuff we found segments and then we drove a wedge into south africa's clothing industry and a lot of the stuff I'm sure could be manufactured in China and I'm sure people bring in viswear and shorts and boots and all sorts of stuff but the point is you're doing it in Africa well, well you, know, you know we need to we need to be close to our market because our whole process revolves around us replenishing our stock levels so so, so we have an unbelievable supply chain where where we we, we keep huge inventories of raw materials we, we manufacture our products really quickly to make sure that our stocks are balanced so we can serve our customers instantly. I, I, I don't see any need for anyone to wait for anything. So, so, so we, we keep, I think it's 24, 25,000 SKUs in stock permanently, and we replenish to those all the time. So we built um, an amazing um, manufacturing process where we make a huge range of products um, in super quick uh, time to be able to do this. And then we have a, a distribution center, which we've built uh, in Johannesburg. I think uh, I built, I started building that about 12 or 13 years ago. And and um, we, we moved in about 10 years ago and we've developed it further obviously since, but it's fully automated where, and we work 24 hours a day and when orders come in, we pick them, pack them and we deliver them immediately. Um, I don't see what, why it's necessary to wait for goods. So, so our, our whole aim is to do things really quickly um, and, and serve people in a way that never been served before with product that they that they are amazed by. So so to do this, one you know one needs to be close to home. Uh, we, we we can't make in, in Asia and put a put a, a container on a ship and wait for six weeks to get it. So um, we, is, we manufacture is and we send it off our DC every day. Is your differentiation then the speed, the turnaround, the personalization, or can you compete on price and quality as well, considering that there are many cheaper places, many uh, very efficient places in the world where clothing manufacture is much, much bigger than it is here? 
you know, I, look, I, of course, I mean, if we couldn't compete on, on, on all those things, we wouldn't be in business, would we? So, so um, you know, of course we can compete on price. Um, uh, and, uh, of course, we can compete on quality. We have, um, you know, incredible manufacturing facilities. We, 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 are, we are very advanced. Uh, our automation is extraordinary um, all over the place. We, 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 have, we have 13 uh, separate uh, manufacturing plants. And, um, and we, you know, we really, really advanced there. We, we, we run with RFID. Our distribution center is, is, is it's paperless. It's automated. We run on, on 2D uh, barcode scanning, on, on voice pick, and, uh, and on RFID scanning. So, you know, you know uh, it's super efficient. It's, it's a good learning anywhere in the world, frankly. Um, but, but, but those are not differentiators that, that the people who are wearing our products feel at all. They don't know the, the backstory to this. This is a way of us getting to be able to serve the, the people who need our products fantastically without any fuss. So, so um, you know, the, the people who are wearing it would never understand or, uh, how we get it there. Um, so so you know, we don't really make a big deal of that because we just feel that, that if we make amazing products and we, and we have them available and we serve people in a, in a way they haven't been served before, that's our differentiator. And, and also, I think for many years, and possibly 25 years ago, very different to today, uh, you know, stuff was functional. It didn't have to be particularly comfortable. It didn't have to be particularly stylish. There wasn't really a sense of pride in uniform as such. And just, I mean, my cursory viewing of what it is that you're producing across a vast array, you say 25,000 SKUs, is design is actually everything in terms of functionality, but also just a sense of corporate identity and comfort and usability. Yeah, I mean, you know, there, there's so many angles to this. You'd be amazed how many people wear our products, actually. Uh, people that you'd be quite surprised with, I suppose. But, you know, it, uh, we have, you know, a cross-section of the, of the whole of, of Southern Africa that wear our products. And we don't have any one particular demographic uh, at all. We, we, we think that, that anyone from the age of 18 to 80 is our customer. Uh, you know, all genders, all colors, all religions, all sizes... Uh, doing any work is potentially our customer. Um, and we supply uh, people who want one T-shirt or we supply the biggest corporates around Southern Africa um, and we have different solutions for them. So, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting business um, and, and uh, frankly, getting more interesting. We, you know, we've, we've been growing and you know, in these times it's not easy, as you know, but, but we've had, you know, 25 years of... of of close to thirty percent per annum compound growth, which is you know which is quite something for a small private business. Nick Johnson is the chief executive of Johnson Workwear. Took over a struggling clothing factory and turned it into one of the biggest uh, workwear manufacturers on the African continent. Sources materials from Africa, manufactures in Africa, distributes out of Johannesburg with global aspirations as well. Pick up on that in a moment. The Money Show. Shapeshifters. Tonight, Shapeshifters, Nick Johnson, the Chief Executive at Johnson Workwear. What gets you up in the morning, Nick? I mean, you're clearly desperately motivated. You're clearly massively inspired by what it is that you do. You're, you're a process person. You want to get it working at 117.5%. Um, what was, what's the thing that gets you going? Bruce, you know, um, I think the people in our business, 
I, uh, since day one, uh, we've had a massive focus on people. And, uh, you know, businesses go through cycles, obviously. And in the beginning, it's, you're desperate every day to try and make ends meet. And, and slowly, if you're lucky enough, your business does a bit better and, and things change. But from day one, we've always focused on, on, on just building an incredible team of people. And um, I find that so interesting because you know, everyone's different and, and everyone has different approaches. Uh, and luckily, we, you know, we've, we've had this growth. So, so over the past you know, 24 years or 25 years, we've, we've gone from having 200 staff to almost 6,000. And um, you know, it, it, takes, it takes some, some doing to, to work it all out. And, and you know, I just, I've become um, you know, really inspired by, by having to, to work with all these people and, and, and you know, seeing the growth that they experience, we, we, we have an incredible amount of people who've been here a long time, who've done amazing work. And, uh, you know, it's changed, it's changed my life, uh, the life of my business. And of course, it's changed their life. Um, so yeah, I find that just you know, quite extraordinary. And then the, the people that we, that we serve, um, our, our way is to try and make their lives better. Uh, the last line of our vision statement is that we want everyone who, who touches our, our brand to, to have a better life from that. It's going to be a great experience, whether it's the, it's, it's, it's the fellow delivering a parcel to, um, to my office in the morning, um, to our biggest customer, everyone who, who comes across our brand or who interacts with us should have a better life. So, so you know, um, to build a brand uh, is just the most exciting thing <laughs> that you can do, I suppose. Um, you say you refer to yourself as a family business. I mean, are you completely private? Have you ever brought private equity in? Have you ever brought outside investors no, in to just, help you grow? No, it's not a family business. It's my business. Um, okay. Uh, it's 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 a it, it's it's very private. Um, uh, we, we we've never I've never brought any outside money into the business. No. So what's your exit plan? I mean, at some point you need to get out. At some point you have to have a mechanism. No, I've got no exit plan. <laughs> oh, no exit God. plan. I, I, I have a, an amazing team of people. Um, uh, I have a, uh, my younger brother who joined us uh, about 10, 10 years ago. He, he runs the retail part of our business and he's, he's on our board as well. Um, he's involved. Uh, we have the most amazing team of, of executives, of, of, of management, of, of people everywhere and uh, you know I, I I don't have an exit plan um, and I don't feel that I need one at, the, at this time um, we, 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 we you know we're having fun and, and the business is doing well uh, it's so nice to hear because I mean it's in every in every word in every expression of course that you're there uh, what got you I mean what's your training what's your background how did you you've clearly got an instinct for this stuff and you've got a level of perfectionism that is required in running a business like this. But what what got you ready to take a business like this that was in as much trouble as it was to the level and scale that you've managed to achieve? Um, I'm completely uh, untrained in anything. Uh, uh, I, I've, I've worked uh, in this business since I was 18 years old. Which is which is thirty eight years, and um, I loved it from the first day. It, it's just, I mean, it's absolutely wonderful. So, no formal business training, you no MBA, no n none of that so, uh, stuff. The last time I was in a, the last time I was in a classroom was was when I wrote my trick. 
and uh, and and, and I, I, my father was desperate for me to go to university. He thought I'd be a good lawyer because I, I could argue quite well. And he, he insisted I went off. I, I spent three months there at university. I loathed it. And, and I, I told him I was leaving and he was furious with me. And uh, I started work the following day, uh, which I was just, just turned 18. And um, I worked in the factory for a bit and then I went selling. And then I had to do my army service and I did that for two years and I came straight back uh, into the business. And I, I've been here ever since. And, um, you know, I, I've learned as I've gone along. And to be, to be fair, I think that when you are in a desperate situation, you learn very quickly. Yeah. And so the adversity that I faced was, I suppose, my, my, my real training. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I was lucky enough to be surrounded by some really you know, good people uh, that, that I you know, got advice from, help from. Um, I had some wonderful people who worked with me who who um, a bit older and a bit more you know, experienced than me, and, and, and you know, they played their part. Um, you know, uh, I've just spent my life doing this. It's a fantastic story. Thank you so much for sharing it. Nick Johnson, Chief Executive at Johnson Workwear, growing organically, doing it all from scratch and no real formal sector training whatsoever.